Tonight, I want to just share with you a little bit about the divine delay. The divine delay. Um, and just my mind has gone to uh, tonight, and I'd like you to go with me there if you would, to John chapter 11. This passage of Scripture is so full and rich with so many great and wonderful things um, in, this, in the Word of God, so many wonderful principles. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the most dramatic uh, chapters in the Bible, in all the Bible, including in the Old Testament. Um, you know, we've got some great drama in the Old Testament, but uh, there's nothing quite like the story where Lazarus is sick. And, you know, I know that there are a lot of times in our lives where we look at our problems and our difficulties and we want to just sort of, you know, we want to say, God, you know, this is your fault. You know, this is clearly your fault. I, I, I should not, I should not be going through this. And Lord, you've allowed this to take place. And in this scripture, in this passage of scripture, we basically have Martha pointing to Jesus and saying, this got this far, Jesus, because you, do, you weren't here. You didn't do anything. Uh, and I know that most of us are not that bold that we would point our finger at God and say, you know, it's all your fault, Lord. But there are times in our lives where we really think, you know, God, you, you shouldn't have let this go this far. And there is, if we can somehow come to the place where we understand this important principle that sometimes God does delay his response, uh, but he always does it for a reason and a greater purpose. A lot of times we don't, you know, we don't see everything that's going on behind the scenes. We don't see everything that's happening in the spiritual, spiritual realm. And, and the Lord has to help us and give us discernment about that and, and help us to know that there are things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't see. Uh, and this is one of those situations. I want you to just, we'll start reading. We're just going to pick and, and kind of go through a, a few different scriptures uh, in this passage. But the Bible says in chapter 11, verse 1 of the book of John, now a man named Lazarus was sick. Uh, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. Uh, these three individuals were part of the inner circle, not of disciples, but of friends of Jesus. They were close, very close to Jesus. In fact, Jesus would often, as he was passing on in, in his trips, he would make a stop to Bethany to their home and share a meal with them. He would spend time with them. Mary was the woman who would anoint the feet of Jesus uh, and, and pour out that costly um, perfume over him, his feet and then wipe it with her hair and her tears. And uh, she was that kind of a person, sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha was the activist of the family. Uh, she was somebody who was just always doing, always, always working. And, and she's the one who, when Jesus eventually made it to where they were, uh, would come running out to meet Jesus. But let's read on. This Mary, whose brother was Lazarus, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. 
So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. It was no secret that Jesus loved this family and loved Lazarus. Uh, they, there was a bond there. There was a closeness there that almost you almost get the sense of, of a family type of connection and friendship that they had, Sim, somewhat unlike his disciples. There was, just a, there was a fellowship there that they enjoyed and they shared together. And they sent word to Jesus, Lazarus, your friend, the one that you love, he's sick. He needs you. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. And it didn't. It didn't end in death. Let's go on. No, it is for, the, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So Jesus sent, uh, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick... He stayed where he was two more days. He stayed where he was two more days. Here it is, the divine delay. God, I've got a problem. Lord, I've got a situation. And Lord, I know you love me, right? Sent word, Lord, the the one that you love is sick. So you better come now because you love him and he's sick. That's often how we approach God. Lord, I've got a problem. I know you love me, Lord, so come now. Show me how much you love me by coming right now. Come to my situation now. And yet the Bible says that Jesus stayed where he was two more days. You pray and you pray, and the answer doesn't quite seem to come. You don't see it happening. You don't see anything happening. And there is one person that you're looking for to come over the horizon, and it's Jesus. And he's not showing. In fact, we read a little bit further on about this, and we understand and know that there were many. The Bible says this. uh, Let me go to verse, jump down here to verse Uh, Let me go to verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And notice verse 19. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother, but no Jesus. Many of them... Bethany and Jerusalem, neighbor, neighbor cities, neighbor towns. Bethany was a small place. Jerusalem was the city. They were so close. The Bible says many Jews came out to them. It was their custom. And they had a prolonged period of time where they would mourn over people. But many people came, but not Jesus. And you're looking for that answer, and you're hoping for that answer, and it's not arrived yet. Is isn't coming yet. And for many of us, this is where frustration sets in. This is where disappointment begins to set in. Because you know, you know that if Jesus had showed up at a certain point, something great could have happened. But now that it's gotten so much worse, there's no way that God can do anything. You know, have we forgotten that things, all things are possible with God? 
Have we forgotten that somehow God is able to do more than we could ever ask or even think? And yet here is Martha and Mary and everybody else who showed up. And they're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And the Bible says that there were many people there who had come out. And Jesus delayed. He stayed where he was. Well, why? Well, we already get a hint of it in verse 4. The Bible says as Jesus spoke to his disciples and maybe to the person who was delivering the message. The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. God had something greater that was supposed to take place as a result of what this man, Lazarus, was going through. His sickness, his illness, his problem... His difficulty, and for many of us, we find it hard to believe that any good could come out of our difficulty and out of our problem, maybe even out of a sickness. And yet the Bible says here that it, it was for God's glory. We're going to see how. We know most of you know this passage very well, and you know the end of the story. But the Bible says this in verse 11. It said, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going there to wake him up. Jesus finally decides to go. And he's using these terms like sleep and wake. And, you know, so his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he's going to get better. The idea was you go to bed, you get some good rest. You're going to wake up feeling better. And so finally, Jesus had been speaking The Bible says in verse 13 of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Verse 14 says, so then they told, he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, let me just stop right there for a second. For whatever situation you think is dead, to God it's only sleep. To whatever the problem is that you think there is no way in the world anything good can happen in the situation anymore, you need to know that it is nothing more than a light slumber to God. For you, it's the nail in the coffin. For you, it's the thing that just pushes it all down and and there is no way anything's going to happen. And you might even say to yourself, all right, I've got to move on. I've got to start praying for something else because clearly nothing's going to happen in this situation. But the Bible says this. Listen to what Jesus says. Very important, verse 15. And for your sake, whose? The disciples. And then it was going to be for everybody who had gathered there. Remember, there were many Jews who had gathered. So Jesus had, had essentially assembled a crowd for this situation. He says, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there. Why? So that you may believe. You see, God always has your faith in mind when you are in the deepest, darkest place in your life. And it's not necessarily that somehow he wants to see if you will believe, but instead that he wants to prove himself in the middle of that problem so that your faith can grow. So that your faith can come up to a place where he knows it should be. And for Martha and Mary, he knew where their their faith was. 
Their faith was in the Jesus who could show up and would show up at the time of Lazarus' illness, not after he had been in the tomb for four days. The divine delay to them was a place of hopelessness. And for many of us, the divine delay and whatever it is that we've been praying for is in fact a place of absolute despair and hopelessness. And yet in all of that, you know what the words of Jesus is? I'm glad that I wasn't there. Why? Because I'm going to show you what I can do. And you're going to believe. And you're going to trust. And Jesus said these words, now let us go to him. And Thomas says, like Thomas would, Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas didn't quite get it. But Jesus is going to show up, and he's going to show up right at the point where everybody has assembled, and guess who's going to meet him on the road? Martha. The one who's always banging the pots and pans and getting upset. The one who's always just doing everything. Martha the activist is going to run out there and say, excuse me, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In other words, Lord, I'm blaming you for his death. It's your fault, Lord. And there are so many people. The world is full of people that are constantly blaming God for everything that has happened. Blaming God for all the bad. Blaming God for every situation that has gone south. You know, sometimes we wonder if we had anything to do with it at all. Which most of us know that we probably had a little bit to do with it. But, you know, it's always, it's always God's fault. Now, Jesus, you had been here. Verse 21, Lord Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Now, a lot of people have read into that and said that's, you know, she ha- even in the middle of all of that, she had faith. Well, I don't know about that. You look down at verse, look at verse 23. Jesus said to her, uh, to her, your brother will rise again. And here's her response, verse 24. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Look, where else could Jesus have been revealed as the resurrection and the life unless there had to be something to be resurrected? He cannot be the resurrection and the life in a situation that still has life. He cannot be shown to have power over death. He cannot be shown to have power over someone and something that is absolutely dead unless it's dead. You might have had a situation that maybe a long time ago you stopped praying for. And maybe there's a little part of you that says, Lord, it's your fault that it's gone so far. But I'm here to let you know that it's in that situation that he is the resurrection and the life. The divine delay occurred so that you can believe he can do anything. No matter how bad the situation is, how hopeless, how despairing it might be, he is going to prove himself to be the resurrection and the life. The Bible says, I am the resurrection, verse 25, and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then Jesus puts it back to her, do you believe this? Well, what else is her answer going to be? Yes, Lord, 
She told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. Enough said. And after that, the Bible says she went back and called her sister Mary. Here comes Mary, broken, heartbroken as, as anyone could imagine she would be. Verse 30, now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but still the place where Martha had met him. <coughs> when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforted her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, here we go. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And you know what? They probably are right. If he had been there, he probably would have rescued him. But there is a reason for the delay. And it's not so that it will end in death. Most of us see that maybe the situation, the problem is dead. We might see that the difficulty that we've been worrying about and concerned over is now dead. But remember what Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. But wait a minute, there's death all through this story. We see death right here, but it's not going to end that way. We know that. Listen to what the Bible says. Verse 34, Jesus asked, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he, he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Everybody is pointing their finger at Jesus now. It's not just Martha and Mary. It's everybody around him. Couldn't, they, couldn't he have saved? He's open blinded eyes. The Bible says this, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone across, laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God, you've got to somehow, if you have lost all faith, if you have lost hope, got to somehow believe in the middle of death, in the middle of pain and despair and hopelessness, you still have to find that place that says, Lord, it's not going to be in my power. It's going to be in your power and your strength. Verse 40 says, now Jesus, or verse 41, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. And I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This sickness will not end in death. And this sickness did not end in death. It ended in resurrection. It ended in life. It ended, though, though death was part of the story, death was not, was not the end. And for many people, we feel as though somehow our, our problem has come to the place where it's now dead. And I'm here to let you know tonight that in spite of that, look, I'm not trying to resurrect old emotions. No, 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 no. 
I'm not trying to, to bring to life this frantic panic. I'm just trying to let you know, if the resurrection and the life said he is the resurrection and the life, then we've got to believe in him. We've got to trust in him. Though he delays, though he says, you know, I'm not going to go yet, fellas. I, I, I just, I'm not going to go. In fact, let's go to Judea. Let's go somewhere else right now. We're just going to take some time. Though there is a divine delay, God will always, always come to the place where he will help you and bring your faith to a new place and a new level. And that's exactly what Jesus was trying to do. And you know, it's an interesting thing. It makes you wonder. If Jesus had showed up just when Lazarus was sick and had not come to the place of death, he wouldn't have had the audience that he had on that particular day. But he allowed the death to come. All these people came along. All these people showed up. And then he comes in and resurrects Lazarus. See, that's the wisdom of God. There are a lot of people who might see your situation and they might, you know, it might not quite be as bad as, as well, you know, it could be. And you're hoping it doesn't get that bad. But, you know, somewhere along the way in the midst of pain and suffering and sorrow, there's a greater audience that comes along. And you know what? It's in the middle of that that God can minister and be your, your help and be your support and be the power to get you through. And the world can begin to look at you and say, I don't know how you make it. I don't know how you do it. And it's only because the resurrection and the life showed up to you. It's only because his power is greater than anything in the world. Look, God... He may delay an answer to you, but it's not to, to make you squirm. It's to cause your faith to grow. It's to bring your faith up. Tonight, whatever your situation is, whatever the difficulty, we need to believe that he is the resurrection and the life. And the divine delay is with a divine purpose, that he's got a plan, that he's got a purpose, and his purposes will be fulfilled. Can we just bow our heads tonight and ask the Lord to help us? to see that he is in the middle of our situation. Father, tonight we pray that you would help us to come to the place where we recognize your grace and your power is sufficient for us. That, Lord God, our strength is made perfect in weakness. And, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that if there are some tonight who have experienced that divine delay, that somehow you're not showing up when they want you to, when they feel that they need you to, Lord, I pray that we would not get to the place of Martha and Mary where we blame you and even to the rest of the crowd that somehow if you'd only showed up sooner, Lord, it, couldn't, it wouldn't have gotten this bad. But Lord, I pray that in the middle of whatever hopelessness or despair we might experience, may we experience you as the resurrection and the life, as the one who showed up just on time, on time to cause our faith to grow, on time to show us your true character, your true power, your true ability, and what it is that you can accomplish. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to know that there is nothing that is impossible for you. Lord, we want faith tonight that overcomes regardless of what we see with our physical eyes. We want faith that says we believe that it will happen and we know it will. Lord, I pray that you would give us that kind of faith. We love you and we trust in you tonight in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus. And we give you the praise in your name.
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, if you're ever down and discouraged, go to John 11 and just read through that passage of Scripture again. Read through that story and just kind of, you know, just realign what it is that you know about your Savior and how powerful he is in your situation. Amen.